time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, we've got a great podcast on tap for you today. Hello and welcome to the Retirement Roadmap. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller. Glenn's the registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro with an office on Muir's Chapel Road. And you can find us online at any time by going to greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects today, DIY, do it yourself. I've been learning a lot about this, renovating our new home over the past several months. I think I've shared a few of the fun exploits here on the show with with you and the listeners, uh, you know, from time to time as we host these episodes. And this is something near and dear to my heart now after kind of turning it upside down. But we're going to approach things from a little bit different angle, and we're going to talk about DIY in the retirement planning realm. But before we dive into all of that, Glenn, are you a DIYer in any respects, not necessarily just with like you know, home renovations, but just with with other things in life. I feel like we're in that sort of, you know, do-it-yourself mentality as a culture these days on when it comes to everything. Yeah, Walter, you know, I mean, my wife is really that way. She does a lot of stuff around the house. She likes, you know, crafts and uh, lots of different stuff, and she gets involved with those things. And, you know, I mean, I kind of go in patches. There's times when it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting, and, and you know, you want to spend some time with it, you know. But as things go right now, we're in the throes of tax season, so I'm so busy I can't <laughs> think of anything but <laughs> – but being here at work and and getting stuff done for folks, uh, I'm looking forward to having a little bit more you know breathing room and getting you know to uh, late spring and early summer where I, I might be able to have some of those thoughts. There you go. Yeah, I think it's just something that you either have the knack for it or you don't, or you develop a passion for it or you don't. I never really thought of myself as a DIYer, and then I started doing stuff on the house, and I really started to enjoy it. And so now I'm looking at things like, well, I can do that myself. I'm not going to call somebody and. I think my wife is now like, oh, no, you're going to become pretty much every television sitcom where the house is going to be like every project you do only gets 90% done. And so there's just going to constantly be this honeydew list of things that you're you know, working on four <laughs> years later. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. So <laughs> right. That'll be fun to experience over the um, next couple of years. But in any event, we're in this DIY culture. There's even the DIY network these days. You can do it when it comes to home renovation, landscaping, interior design. I mean, you could even consider, you know, cooking, do it yourself instead of going out to restaurants. I mean, we could probably we find lots of different applications for that. And, you know, folks are doing these things without professional help. So I want to look at what that DIY mentality looks like when it comes to retirement planning, because I believe it's starting to translate into the industry as well. I want to see when that maybe works, but also maybe what are some of the dangers of DIY when it doesn't work. When sure. you come across somebody, Glenn, who doesn't have a financial advisor there in this category of doing it on their own DIY. What do you find are their reasons for taking that approach? Well, I mean, you know, one of the biggest reasons is they like it. They like following the markets. They like watching the economy and so forth. And quite frankly, there's some folks out there that are pretty good. I mean, that, that have taken some time and learned and, you know, and they kind of like manage their own 401ks and things like that when, you know, throughout their working years and, and that kind of thing. You know, that's probably the biggest reason, you know, why is, is that they enjoy it. The other thing that kind of comes up is, is maybe they had a financial advisor for a while, but there was some sort of a falling out or they weren't really sure that that person was working in their best interest. And so they said, well, I'm just going to take this back over myself. You know, those are probably the biggest reasons why, you know, folks you know, end up doing things on their own in that regard. That's a really good point, I think, Glenn. So if somebody has been maybe managing their money by themselves for a while, what are those triggers? What causes them 
like me when I drill into the water pipe in the bathroom wall and water starts spraying <laughs> everywhere and I say, all right, DIY for today is over. I'm calling a professional to fix this. Um, right. You know, what, what are the triggers on the financial side that causes somebody to go, all right, I'm going to stop doing this on my own and come and meet with an ad- a financial advisor? Right. Well, I mean, for me, you know, when I meet with folks, those conversations obviously going to come up and I, you know, ask them, so, well, you know, tell me about, you know, what, what have you been doing, you know, up to this point and so forth. And probably the two biggest triggers I would say is, is when people are making the transition from, you know, working and saving for retirement to saying, okay, you know, I'm getting really close to retirement. I need to make this transition. You know, maybe I felt really comfortable and confident about, you know, managing things and, you know, and saving for retirement. But it's a whole different story when I have to kind of shift my thinking a bit to, all right, now I've got to move to preservation mode and distribution mode. I've never really, most of those folks have never really thought about how am I going to turn, you know, these accounts into, you know, an ongoing paycheck when you don't have a paycheck coming from work you know, creating an income plan and, you know, navigating all that, making sure that it lasts throughout, you know, the retirement years. That's kind of, you know, a tricky thing for folks that have been doing it themselves because there's less information that's available there and that kind of planning and the types of places to position your money, they're not easily accessible. And some things they, they can't get to at all, you know, in the marketplace unless they have certain licenses and whatnot. And that makes it very difficult. And so they start to think, hey, you know, I need to make sure that that I'm in the right place, you know, in terms of making this transition. You know, if I'm no longer in the accumulation mode and I've got to really start taking money out and taking income, I'm in a different place. And that's really what I see more often than not. The other thing that comes into play is that, you know, there's some sort of a realization that comes into play. Normally, if there's a, a married couple, you know, one person is the one who's doing that, the do it yourself. But then they kind of have a, a realization, maybe it's a conversation with their spouse or maybe something that happened in their family or in their network of friends and whatnot, where something happened, they had a close friend or, or a family where something happened to one of the spouses and then the other spouse, either, you know, they one of them passed away or they became, you know, really sick and they weren't able to do what they used to be able to do. And they think, oh my goodness, if everything is dependent upon me and something happens to me, you know, my spouse is going to be sitting here and they're going to be in a difficult spot to try to figure out, well, what have I been doing? How are they going to pick it up and, and keep running with it? And maybe it's a good idea to get some help and make sure that that everything will be taken care of, whether I'm here or not. You know, I see those two as being the biggest reasons why people start at least thinking about maybe do it yourself is not the only way that I should go. Maybe there should be some assistance along the way. Well, you make a really good point there about resources. You know, I think a lot of people, the maybe the most popular online or do-it-yourself resource would be like an online retirement calculator, if you will. And that might seem robust to some people, but there are so many other tools simulations, um, studies to learn from, years and years and years of knowledge of working with, you know, hundreds and thousands of individuals and couples that a financial advisor will have access to and the ability to recall at a moment's notice that you're just not going to find in a simple free online calculator kind of setup. 
Well, that's true, Walter. And it's also true. It's just like, you know, I mean, typically when you're thinking about, well, what do folks have access to? I mean, there's a lot of online brokerages and, you know, and research and things like that. But if you're looking for, you know, income-based products and things like that, you know, to kind of create a, your own personal pension, they just don't have access to that kind of thing either. I mean, you know, like you say, I mean, the, the resources and, you know, and, and things like that to do the calculations. But, you know, it's like, well, what are you going to use? How are you going to position your money? You know, it's like, say, if you go to like an online broker, house or something like that. I mean, you're not going to find anything that's going to help you with that. They'll help you with certain things. But if you're thinking in terms of, well, how am I going to make this money last? And how am I going to create a paycheck that simulates a pension? Really, that's, you know, it's virtually impossible for somebody who, you know, who's not licensed and in the business. And, and so there's a need for that. Because like I say, I mean, that's why people have been saving is to make sure that they have that income stream or those income streams. They haven't saved all their life just so they can look at the balance and, you know, and, and go into retirement and keep looking at that. They've saved it for a specific reason, and that's to create income. Always good points there, Glenn, and something to think about, some food for thought. Can you give us an example maybe of a time that you met with somebody who had that, you know, do-it-yourself mentality for a while, but you were able to point out maybe a flaw in their thinking that helped them avoid a mistake? Maybe they just were taking the wrong approach on something? Sure. Well, I mean, this comes up from time to time, Walter, and most oftentimes, you know, folks will, will start talking about, well, I'm averaging such and such a rate of return, and if I keep averaging that, then over time I'll have this much in my account and everything will be okay. So we have to really think about that because, you know, the rate of return is certainly something that's important to be aware of and know how that works, but it's also important to understand that when you're saving for retirement, and you're in your accumulation years versus when you're trying to preserve money and then taking distribution and taking money out, there's a dynamic that shifts there. And what I mean by that is that when you're in your accumulation years, I think virtually everybody has heard the term and understands the term of dollar cost averaging. And in its simplest terms, that means it's like, you know, sometimes the market's up, sometimes the market's kind of turning sideways, sometimes it's down. But when it goes down and you're in your accumulation years and you have many, many, many years before retirement, when the markets are down, it gives you an opportunity to buy more shares at lower prices, which is a tremendous buying opportunity when you're in your accumulation years. But as you transition into retirement and you're not putting new contributions into those accounts and you're actually having to take money out, and even if you're fortunate enough to not have to take money out before you're 70 and a half, if you've got a traditional 401k or IRA, well, you have those required minimum distributions at 70 and a half that you have to start taking money out, even if you don't necessarily want to. And if you are only thinking about your rate of return and you're not thinking about you know, the ebbs and flows and when those returns happen, well, then, you know, if your account value goes down and if it goes down dramatically and then you're forced to take distributions out, well, now you have the exact opposite of what you had in the accumulation years. It's like reverse dollar cost averaging or what we call sequence of returns risk, meaning that the sequence in which the returns happen as compared to when you're taking money out as to how much money you're going to have and how long it's going to last because you can't really figure a rate of return on on something that's no longer in the account and if it's been distributed out and you've used it you know to live off of or you know whatever you're doing with those distributions that money is no longer in your account and it doesn't have an opportunity to come back Whereas when you were in your accumulation years and you weren't taking anything out, well, you were buying more shares when things went down and you didn't do anything, you know, but just hold on to the shares that you already had 
that's a whole different dynamic that most people don't really think about and how average rate of return it's not as meaningful when you're when you're taking those distributions as you know before when you weren't taking those distributions we're talking about this DIY mentality when it works and sometimes when it doesn't what are the more common retirement planning mistakes that people tend to make when they're trying to handle things all on their own, Glenn. Where do most people take that wrong turn? Because I'm, I'm kind of thinking if someone's listening today and they are a bit of a DIY, or maybe this will just point out some, you know, some dangers, some traps for them to be aware of. Well, I think probably one of the biggest one is what we were just talking about, right? When they've never been in a place where they have to think about preservation and distribution, and you know that's a whole different mindset. It's a whole different skill set. And typically it's a repositioning of, of your assets or at least a portion of your assets to, you know, combat that. And, you know, if you're not taking that into account and you end up, you know, taking money out of your account, you know, when it's down significantly. And if you're having to do that year after year, you know, in a downturn where it takes a few years on the way down and a few years on the way back and then you're in that valley, if you've taken out significant distributions, now your plan is off and it's going to be hard, if not impossible, to ever recover from that. That's probably, like I say, that, that I, I see that as being the biggest mistake that folks have. The other is that, you know, even if they are pretty good at things, more often than not, I'm speaking with married couples and, you know, the spouse doesn't really know what the other one's doing and how they're making everything work. And so then if something happens, my goodness, you know, that, then you've got a, a double whammy and that the surviving spouse is sitting there, they're, they're left with, you know, obviously the sadness and the trauma of going through losing your spouse and your partner in life. And then, you know, then you're in a really vulnerable place as you don't know exactly what to do. You've got to try to figure out who can I trust? How am I going to make this work? And it's not a good place for folks to be left in. And, you know, those really are the things that people really need to get and understand that, you know, when you're in retirement or you're transitioning into retirement, you know, the rules are a bit different. You know, when we're only talking at this point about, you know, just the, in terms of how to manage your accounts. But, you know, there's other pieces of this puzzle. You know, you start thinking about Social Security and are your strategies, you know, good about when to start taking it? You know, should one spouse take it now and the other spouse take it later? What are going to be the tax implications? It becomes very challenging when you're moving into retirement because there's a lot of other moving parts that you didn't have when you were in your working years. You know, you weren't taking Social Security then. You know, if you had a pension, you you didn't have to know it wouldn't have turned it on. But it's like, hey, do I take this benefit or do I take that benefit? How do I do that? Are there ways for me to protect myself from taxation? What about leaving a legacy? All of those things become uh, you know, a real challenge, and it's really not the things that you're really focusing on when you're in the accumulation years and you're really working hard to save for retirement. And you got to really get into in your mindset that, hey, I'm, I'm moving into a different phase of life. I've never done this before, and at the very least, I need to get myself educated and at least talk to you know, a financial advisor or, you know, or a couple of financial advisors to get my bearings on this new world that I'm entering into. Well, it's always helpful to get this kind of perspective. I know DIY can be attractive on many fronts, but we have to remember our skill set, the time that we have available to us, just as if you're thinking about doing home renovations. There are some things that fall in my skill set, some things I'm willing to challenge myself on, and then there's just some things that I'm just not built to do. And then there's things that maybe I'd love to do, but I just don't have the time, and uh, it's more efficient. There's less chance of something going wrong by hiring a professional in those instances. You know, I'm not designed to be a person who gets on their roof, Glenn, 
accident waiting to happen is my middle name. <laughs> and I just don't belong walking around on a roof with that high level of risk. So I hire that out. If I'm safely on the floor, well, I'll try and figure those things out mostly on myself. And so we kind of have to know our limits, know our expertise. And it applies, I think, in a lot of ways to the financial world as well. Realize the value in having that professional, that expert opinion that can help guide you down that path if you have big question marks and uneasiness and maybe personality traits that often lead to making mistakes when it comes to investing in financial portions of your life. It's just a good thing to realize that we all have those flaws and sometimes it helps to get that outside opinion. If you'd like to talk to Glenn about any of the things we discussed on today's program or something else that's on your mind from a financial standpoint, you can always reach out to him by calling 336-291-3535. That's 336-291-3535. And always online at greensbororetirement.com. Just click on the button that says free consultation at the bottom of the page to set up a time to meet. Glenn, thanks so much for the help on today's program, and we'll look forward to another show next week. Very good, Walter. Take care. Have a good one. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storhold. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Yeah. 